Welcome to Focal Length. This is a podcast about photography, life, and everything in between. It's often said that the perfect is the enemy of the good. That's true in photography, it's true in podcasting, it's true just about everywhere else. So, rather than wait for this podcast to be perfect, let's go ahead and see if we can just make it good. Welcome to the inaugural episode, the initial episode, episode number one of Vocal Length. Like any new media, I was considering using today's time to tell you a little bit about myself, do the introductions and all of that, and then kind of get into something real later on. But you know what? I'm happy to tell you a bit along the way, but let's just go ahead and dive right in because there's something that came up recently that uh, dovetailed with a a real-world conversation I was having, and I thought I'd cover that first. So when you have somebody who wants to be a photographer, who is trying to do something more than what is often referred to as snapshots, it really comes down to, quote-unquote, the eye. What is it that the photographer sees, and what are their skills in reproducing what they saw as opposed to simply capturing the image? In case you don't know what I'm talking about, quite often photos are post-processed, whether that be chemical photos in a dark room or digital photos on uh, a computer, and they carry different colors or they carry more colors or they carry a crop. That is, um, the image is constrained so that the eye can only see those things that the photographer thought were important or that the photographer thought were overwhelmingly interesting in the scenario. This can really be considered the photographer's eye. Part of its style, part of it is content, and part of it is audience. What is it that you see when you're looking through the viewfinder? Do you, if you're looking at a landscape, do you see grasses? Do you see the sky? Do you see mountains? How much of each do you acknowledge visually when it comes to that? Now, realistically, sure, there is the whole, uh, if you're looking through a wider angle lens, you're going to see a lot of landscape. If you are looking through a zoom lens, it's going to be focused in both literally and figuratively on a particular point. But that's only part of the puzzle. If you're looking at a forest, for example, are you looking at a single tree? Are you looking at a cluster of trees? Are you looking at all the trees? What do you want the viewer, the person who's going to look at this image later to see? What is it that was important to you at the time? What's the light focused on? These are all questions, and there's an infinite number of other questions that are in the same category. But the act of photography, unless you are a newspaper reporter, but even then there's a certain amount of this going on, the act of photography is not simply capturing the scene. It is capturing what's important about the scene. Now, when you're doing documentary photography, uh, journalistic photography, You don't want to misrepresent the scene, but even then, you're still making a choice about what's important. If you're in a car accident, if you're photographing a wreck or an injury, you don't want the McDonald's in the back to be dominant in the picture, for example, unless that happened to be the scene of the incident or if there was something particularly relevant about this business or that business or these people. You're trying to convey a story with the image. But when you're trying to convey a story with the image, you have to know what your plot is. You have to know who your characters are. 
These are the sorts of things that all play into a photographer's style, a photographer's practice, and the development of what is often referred to as the eye of the photographer. So the conversation I was having in real life, it revolved around how someone who was looking at some of my images were was fascinated with what popped out of them, what it was they were drawn to within them. And uh, one thing led to another, of course, in the conversation. It came from simply framing to content to uh, general selection. But then it come, came down to the idea of finding what's interesting wherever you are. And sometimes, yeah, you're somewhere around that's pretty boring. But even then, you may not be making masterpiece level work. But if you look at things from a different angle, often that's literal. Uh, get down on your knees or climb up on a ladder. But also it comes down in a figurative sense when you start considering what it is you're looking at, what it is that might be interesting, or what is it about something that you're looking at that people haven't seen before or that they don't see very often. Uh, in this example, there was a garage door available, okay? Uh, to take a bit of a silly example, but at the same time, it is demonstrative of what really is going on. If you're into geometry, start taking the horizontal lines of the garage door. What can you do with those? Where can you look at them from? How can you present them? Uh, if you're more into uh, industrial, take a look at one of the hinges. If it's, is it dirty? Is it clean? Where can you show that? How can you light it? What are the parts of that mechanism that might be visually entertaining or visually involving, visually interesting. You start looking at landscape. What's in the landscape? Uh, if you're trying to focus on everything all at once, you're probably going to fail to tell a compelling story or make an involving and immersive experience for whoever's looking at the image later. So you pick a peak, or you pick a valley, or you pick lights. You find an animal, a rabbit, a deer, a coyote. You start looking at the expanse as the point itself. One of the things I do is multi-image panoramas. And so uh, instead of just simply looking through the viewfinder and looking at this one thing, and so now you've got a really narrow horizon you get a really big sky what looks interesting about that well it could be pretty interesting though when you start taking that out to five six ten feet wide at that point the sky is or the mountain range is or the valley is the point of interest so this conversation went on for a little while uh it was the sort of thing where you just start free-forming you start talking about this or that you pick out when, you're, when you are doing photography regularly and you are working on the practice of it, it's a pretty fun exercise to simply look at an everyday object and say, what can I find that is interesting about this? If it's unique, great. That's even better, but just interesting. You look at a USB plug. In fact, I'm doing this right now in the, for the purposes of the podcast. You look at a USB-A plug, the flat one that you can never put in right. It takes three tries. What's interesting about that? Have you ever looked inside of one? Have you ever checked out where the contacts are or what the, the plastic looks like versus the metal on the outside? Or if you have a cork board and papers tacked up on it because it's your to-do list, 
what does it represent? What do you what can you get out of it that's beyond the writing on the paper? What does it tell you about the person who does it? And how can you capture that? So these are the sorts of things again. This conversation went on for 20 minutes, free-forming, making it up as you go along, but looking at something, talking about what might be interesting about it, talking about how the process itself of identifying potential targets plays out. Now, the reason why I bring that up here is because very recently, uh, the Ansel Adams um, Instagram account, which if you're not following, you need to, posted a link to Ansel, to, to, to the Playboy interview he did in the early 80s. That interview, when you read through it, was fascinating. Uh, it was a portrait of a man with a mission. And we'll get to more about the, uh, the ecological mission later. But what I've done, I've gone through this, and you'll be able to find a link to the original on the webpage when I uh, get done putting that together after the podcast. But there's a variety of things in here that talk about the craft of photography. And it just so happens that one of the very first major pieces talks about the eye, about the differentiation from snapshot to photograph, and the approach and the effort of finding what's interesting, finding the story, finding the heart of of the image. So in this interview, of course, early on, uh, one of the very first things uh, Adams gets asked involves the difference between the photos that quote-unquote everyday people take and the photos that he took, which uh, whether you're a landscape photographer or not, he was a master at capturing the feeling of place. And uh, the first thing he has to say, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase part of it, uh, that people have always had the urge to keep a diary, that snapshots are more like just simply a recording of events in your life, which is fine. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, when you are trying to make a statement that goes beyond the subject, it falls into a different domain. That's an important thing when you're trying to do photography that you believe would be art or when you're trying to do photography that you believe other people may be interested in looking at beyond reading your diary. It comes down to what, like I was saying earlier, what is the story you're trying to tell? Uh, Adams relays an anecdote a little bit further on. Excuse me, I'll uh, read part of this from from the interview. When photographer Alfred Stiglitz was asked, uh, by some skeptic rather scornfully, how do you make a creative photograph? He, Stiglitz, answered, I go out into the world with my camera and come across something that excites me emotionally, spiritually, or aesthetically. I see the image in my mind's eye. I make the photograph and print it as the equivalent of what I saw and felt. Now, the emphasis there is mine, by the way. Uh, back to Adams. That describes it well. What he called seeing in the mind's eye, I call visualization. In my mind's eye, I am visualizing how a particular revelation of sight and feeling will appear on a print. If I'm looking at you, I can continue to see you as a person, but I'm also in the habit of shifting from that consciously dimensional presence to a photograph relating to you in your surroundings, relating you in your surroundings to an image in my mind. If what I see in my mind excites me, there's a good chance it will make a good photograph. It is intuitive sense. It is an intuitive sense and also an ability that comes from a lot of practice. Some people can never get it. 
Now, aside from my verbal stumbling going through here, that might sound familiar, and I can't claim, obviously, to be original or unique in this, but it is the sort of thing that uh, people who want to be seen as photographers need to understand, and that is that the thing you see through the viewfinder, especially when you're first starting out, has to make you feel something, has to tell a story, has to connect with the viewer. And if it connects with you, that's a good start. Over time, you will learn how to connect with other people, to know what groups of people are going to be excited by this, to be amazed by this, to want to immerse themselves in what it is that you're showing them. And that really is, I think, an awesome way of approaching life, not just photography. Look around. What do you see? What excites you? Learn the process of mentally and visually accepting what's there at the same time being able to attend to that which is most critical in the scene, that is most important to you, the things that make you feel, the things that excite you, the things that you embrace almost subconsciously, but make it conscious. So how many of you, uh, all, what, three listeners probably, at least for the first episode, have gone out and actively practiced embracing your view? What are your approaches? What are your practices? What are your themes? love to hear about it. Feel free to write in and maybe we'll talk about them on a new episode. The trick really is to look. Like most people in the rest of the world don't actually listen. That is, they'll hear but not necessarily pick out the important things that are being said. So many times individuals, photographers or not, will, will look but not see. And that is for any given scene, there may be a huge number of things that you can see, but you've either chosen not to, they're not within your experience, they're not within your practice, or they're not relevant to the thing that you are paying attention to. If I had to leave you with any thoughts going out into the next episode, that would be it. Look around. See what you see. If you are a photographer, ask yourself if you're seeing the right things or if you're seeing all the things that are within the scope of view. If you're not a photographer, I would still actually encourage you to look around in a different way. Develop your own eye. It doesn't have to be an eye for photography, but it can be an eye for the world around you. So with that, I've got a few housekeeping items to wrap up with. This is a new podcast, so I don't have any sponsors yet, but you can help either by becoming a sponsor. Feel free to connect with me via the webpage this is on or the details in the description of the podcast and go from there. Or at least some of the time I do consider myself a working art photographer. The website bmb.photos has a selection of prints that you can buy. You can definitely get those for yourself, for your office as a gift, all sorts of different opportunities there and all sorts of price ranges as well from low to quite high. If you have any questions or comments, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, find out more about what it is you'd like to hear and what it is that you don't want to hear about. Also, you can connect on 
Facebook at BMB Photos on Instagram. That's BMB dot photos spelled out BMB dot photos. And let's do this again next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Vocal Link. Find out more at V is in Victor VocalLink.com or at BMB dot photos slash Vocal Link. Talk to you soon.